Welcome to Alternative Perspectives, a podcast by the Center for Applied Law and Technology Research at the Vidhi Center for Legal Policy. Today, we'll be talking about the idea of designing paperless processes or more precisely transitioning from analog to digital processes. We will talk specifically about why the idea of paperwork continues to exist in the 21st century and especially in the context of businesses we will discuss how processes can be effectively redesigned for a digital era some of the problems in transitioning away from analog systems and some issues of accessibility that a narrative of digitization must confront for this we have with us aditya patel who is associate director of growth and marketing at a company called legality it's great to have you here patel uh, for the benefit of our audience could you explain a little bit about what you do and what legality does so what legality does and this is our stated aim is to liberate indian businesses from paper and we do this by digitizing the document execution process and this document execution process is something i'm going to be speaking about and we're going to be discussing later right. in the podcast so i won't elaborate more on that but that's essentially what we do provide businesses a unified stack of tools that allows them to digitize that one document execution process now my personal role as associate director of growth and marketing is essentially to understand and be informed about how our, what value our customers derive from legality how they are actually using legality and kind of try to listen to the customer voice so to speak right to basically understand how legality is adding value to their lives and kind of using that information to educate the wider world about what document execution entails all right so i would think that in that role you also spend a lot of time trying to convince businesses to transition away from how they operate currently and adopt more digital processes well yeah i mean the whole company is built to convince businesses to move away from paper yes so so just to begin and this is what i wanted to begin with and talking about when we say moving from analog to digital processes uh, i think personally it's it's super absurd that we live in a time when on one hand we have amazing technological capabilities like we can build very sophisticated applications we can build complex platforms that do many things in a very streamlined way that we couldn't have thought of 30 years ago and at the same time we live in a time when the idea of paperwork continues being so entrenched in society where many people are still signing agreements and forms in person where statistics say that the average office worker uses around 10000 sheets of copy paper in a year and around 45% of this paper ends up being discarded the same day it is printed so to me it's baffling that on one hand we can build these amazing technological things like for example upi which is a population scale payments platform uh, but on the other hand we've not figured out some very basic elementary things about how we use technology in our processes and therefore in some context we're still stuck in an old world of sort of filling forms getting stamp papers going to the notary maintaining documents in a safe envelope so that they don't get burnt or they don't get damaged by water now of course uh, when we say this in the indian context there are many uses of let's say paper like currency etc where there are Uh, other issues that we need to talk about before we really talk about digital uh, and we should remember that you know we are a population where only about a quarter of our population has internet and smartphone access and we'll come to access a little later in this conversation but in my view there are still some context like the business context like administrative context and perhaps even many governance contexts 
where it feels like as a society we are seriously underusing our technological capabilities would you agree with that assessment and what do you think some of the reasons for that might be right so i think just dialing back a bit to what you said before you know before we you know start this conversation i think it's important to set some guardrails about what we mean by paperless uh, right uh, it's important to clarify what kind of paper we are right. talking about because as you mentioned you know cash is printed on paper but when we are talking about paperless here in this conversation and generally we're not talking about going cashless because that's going down a whole rabbit hole of payments and the payments ecosystem which i don't know enough about um and we are we are also aren't talking about paper that's used for entertainment information or correspondence right like newspapers are on paper books are on paper letters and greeting cards are on paper so when we're talking about paperless processes i, I think we should you know take these out of the question as well uh, there is enough technology to facilitate digital versions of these forms if people wish and i think people like and to be honest most paper in society isn't used for these things and also let's be honest paper doesn't really cause friction people choose newspapers people choose to write letters and people choose to read books on paper so it's not really a friction causing process and i think it would be like very hard to find a reason to like ban paper newspapers right. like I, in many, some context you would you would sort of agree that that there is perhaps a fair case to be made to get rid of paper and 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 that does not be right. carried through so that's what i'm coming to right so when we eliminated had these guardrails that we're not going to talk about cash and we're not going to talk about these other kinds of documents what are we talking about right like because you also started with the assumption not an assumption i would say very educated assumption that yes it's a value to move away from paper but when we talk about paperless we really want to really we want to address the biggest sources of paper in society and where paper is an actual cause of friction and for me the three biggest users of paper in society are and i think you mentioned this one is businesses and organizations performing daily commercial transactions uh, two is the government executive branch for government processes applications things like that and three is the judiciary uh, for filings evidence notices you go into any pending branch or any court and it's just overflowing with paper and if you really want to make a better paperless society these three big users you know the paper monsters so to speak uh need to go paperless if they don't go paperless you can't have a paperless society so i think when we're talking about going paperless we're really talking about these three big users of paper moving their systems paperless right. um so that's the second aspect so when you, you know when you asked me that you see a value in going paperless i say yes i do and for me that means digitizing these three biggest users of paper right uh, so let's talk about one of these paper monsters let's talk about businesses right and which is where i would think that um, a lot of your work also happens within that context uh, wh- what do you think are some of the reasons why businesses continue to be a paper monster and why they haven't right. yet made the transition to the current century as some would say so, so uh, i think to answer that question requires me to kind of lay down my a framework about thinking about a framework for thinking about what going paperless means right a framework for thinking about how to go paperless and this framework will also help us identify the exact issue that needs to be solved and also provides answers about why we should go paperless because i think so far in this conversation uh, we've been operating on the assumption that it is a inherently good thing to go paperless or that going paperless is something we should do right but i, I think Uh, for the benefit of listeners and 
uh, generally for the benefit of this discussion, we also need to be able to answer why we should, why exactly should we go paperless, right? Like, why do I care if those paper monsters are using paper? So I think like, let me start with a framework, right? To think about this. And that will kind of help us answer both those questions. And will also help us answer why this first paper monster businesses and organizations actually use paper. Um, so the first question there is what do businesses and organizations sign on paper, right? It's very simple, right? It's agreements, it's forms, it's other legal documentation they need. And okay. why do they, uh, why do they need these things, right? Why do they need these forms to be like, why do they need these agreements? Why do they need? And if I can just, if I can just flesh that, why do they need these on paper? Is, is that the question that why do they need these on paper? Correct, correct. Why do they need these on paper, right? Uh, for the longest time, of course, this was because there was really no technology to create digital documentation. I mean, for the longest time, also human history. But over right. the last two decades, all documents are created digitally, right? With word processors. No one sits and writes out a bank form. I mean, customers do, but the bank never sits out and writes down the terms and conditions of its bank form, right? It's not right. handwritten. So, but before we go there, why, why do you think paper itself, like why is the agreement itself as a concept needed in business? So uh, I would, you want to right. answer, I guess. Yeah. I, I would assume that people need agreements for certainty and for, for some sort of, uh, for the ability to enter into transactions with people that they don't know or that they can't trust a, a paper document which acts as a token of, of their agreement is something that might help them provide sort of uh, some sort of stability or some sort of certainty when it comes to actual execution of the the actions underlying that agree. Perfect, perfectly put. I, I think to distill what you said, paper is essentially needed to for two kinds of trust in a commercial transaction with people right. who are essentially strangers, right? In a large modern economy. It's commercial trust that these are the terms and conditions that govern our relationship. These terms and conditions are bigger than us and we have agreed upon them to its legal trust that if you violate these terms, I can take you to court and I have some guarantee of enforcement. And that guarantee of enforcement kind of feeds into engendering compliance as well, where they're like, okay, I've signed to it. So, you know, I've, it's on paper, so I can't walk away. I, I won't it. violate this. I, I, I can't walk away from this. It's a kind of a deterrent to walk away from it. Mm -hmm. so, so that's correct. So that's why you need agreements, you need forms. And that's the real purpose of legal documentation in a business context. But tell me, over the last two decades, you have word, uh, banks print, like all their forms are generated digitally, right? Uh, despite this capability, why do we print them out? Uh, I, of course, have like an answer in mind, but I want to ask you, like, why do you think we print them out? Right. My, my sense of this is that we print them out, perhaps because the way in which we're used to executing these documents requires people to sit across a table and sign on them. So we print them out because the way that we're used to uh, completing these processes requires that document to exist physically. Uh, so I would hazard that that's maybe one reason why businesses haven't uh, really transitioned this entire process to a digital workflow. Right, exactly, right. So. I can't just sit here and type up a contract between, you know, me and you and say that you agree to pay me 10,000 rupees for my water bottle here, right? That just won't make sense. We need something to kind of anchor this document into a legally enforceable reality. As you said, that is execution, which is essentially, you know, signing and stamping the document. 
right? right. Uh, stamping so, in, of course, a context of a contract, but signing in terms of actually anchoring those words into a legally enforceable reality, right? And why? What's that's really hits at the question: What's the importance of a signature, right? A signature is designed to ascribe identity to the parties who are entering or agreeing upon a certain document. It's designed to kind of acknowledge the terms and conditions that they're like agreeing to and tying their identity to those terms and conditions. So that's the three reasons you actually put a signature. In the alternative, you could, of course, shake hands on it. That's completely valid under most contract law in the world. But of course, a signature gives you a legally enforced, a better legal claim to a contract. Right. So when you say when you say a signature is sort of the 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 key thing chasing which we end up printing our digitally produced documentation and end up executing it physically because the way in which we're used to putting signatures on documents is physical. Uh, the immediate question I have is why can't we sign things digitally? I think there's one thing we missed out on. This is actually a misconception. Actually, uh, before we talk about digital signature, right? This is a big misconception with. Uh, execution as a concept for most people uh, execution meant it's a signature and of course in the case of a contract it's stamping that's what execution is but let me let's let's do a small exercise right today your bank needs to needs you to sign some paperwork for a loan all right it needs your signature on it the bank has the document like so, so tell me does the document like teleport in front of you appear in front of you just like that you're like okay i need to take a loan does a document immediately appear in front of you? No, right. The bank emails signature. it to me. The bank emails it to me and I print it out or I sign it. Or a bank agent comes to my home with a set of documents and I sit down with that agent and I sign those documents. And I trust that agent because I know. Or you go to the bank branch to do it, right? Or, or you to go the to the bank branch. branch to do it. But let's unpack that. For, for the customer, right? And we often make this mistake. For the customer, it's just about that. It's about, okay, the paper reaches me, I sign it. For the customer, from the customer end, it's that. But from the perspective of the organization, right, who is a consumer of paper, right, the paper monster of business, what is the actual process involved in getting that document to you to get it signed? Let's unpack one of the processes you said, right? right. What does it take for an agent of a bank to actually get that paper to you, right? Like the first thing, first, that document after it's finalized needs to be printed out. For that, the bank needs to ensure there is paper. It needs to ensure there's a process for printing out these documents. It needs to ensure there's a process to actually verify that what is printed out and what is probably filled in by the bank agent is correct. Uh, for one, the bank agent needs to actually fill out the basic details in that document. Then they need to check whether that's actually correct, whether the right copy is printed out. Then they need to answer, okay, where does Nigam live, right? They need to find that address. They have that address. They pull that address out. Then they're like, okay, how do we take it to him? They need to assign it to their agent. Uh, their agent needs to book a time with you, right? Like the agent calls you up. Uh, and do some haggling with time, like, okay, I'm not available, then I'm at work, can you come at this time? Um, you know, there's a back and forth of coordination. And then finally, when you actually decide that, after so many steps, that document actually makes its way to you, where that agent goes through traffic, reaches you, right? And there, when you get it, you have to read the document once. You have to see whether all the terms and conditions have been filled in correctly. Then you have to sign on every page. The agent has to see whether you signed on all the places you had to sign. You have to ensure that you didn't miss a single sign. Because if you miss a single sign, I mean, that will result in a, like a, you know, redoing right. of this process. But then tell me one thing, does the process end there? You sign the document, right? So in legal reality, like in a legal, uh, in terms of the law, you have, ex you have completed 
like the contract has been validly law. executed right like the contract has been validly executed right. under law right that you've signed but tell me in a legal reality does the process get complete then you I signed it so in a legal the law recognizes that okay the contract is executed but is the execution process actually over right i would think not because i would think that after i sign those documents i mean technically we may have a finished contract but this agent probably needs to take that contract back to the bank that then places it within their system of records and that then actually enables their system to act in pursuance of the terms that are perhaps in that document so they need so, to take that back to their uh, system is what i would think uh, would happen exactly exactly right like the document has to go back and so that process of the agent bringing the document to you has to now be reversed if there was no stamp paper right that agent needs to actually go some department in the bank needs to deal with the stamp vendor ensure adequate stamp papers are procured procure the stamp paper write on that stamp paper this stamp paper pertains to this agreement attach that stamp paper and then the stamp paper needs to go as you said into that person's data repository like into the document system but what does a document system involve it involves them taking that document seeing okay what's the id of this document which person does it belong to having an inventory system that they manage that is foolproof that needs to have multiple checks and balances within it right because if a bank is dealing with thousands of documents a day they can't simply rely on the parties actually doing the transaction they need to have foolproof checks and balances to ensure it happens so they need someone to actually see that they need to actually protect the physical document right like when it goes to like a warehouse or something and this is true banks and like organizations maintain warehouses for documents right they literally maintain warehouses they have contractors who actually manage paper for them uh, right they need to ensure that when it's going to that warehouse it's safe like in right. the so travel it shouldn't be damaged uh, what i'm uh, hearing from you patel is that it's not enough for me to for example be able to sign a document using an app on my phone because the way that that process is set up has so many other interlinkages with more physical systems that it's not enough for that technology of signing to exist so what i'm hearing from you right. is that perhaps we need to be thinking of this at a different scale it's, altogether exactly it, it's a workflow right like when there's keeping it safe then putting in the warehouse then later two years down the line they need it for an rbi audit or they need it for a court proceeding right they need to find a way to get that that expense time effort so there's manners there's time there's inconvenience uh, there's costs added to this um it's a entire logistical process that is involved in actually getting the document in your hands as a customer to sign it and take the document back and store it safely it's an entire so right so what's the aim right the bank's aim is and your aim is that we are bank and nigam we want this loan to happen right our goal is our desire is this loan should happen but between you guys and that loan is this entire logistical process which takes time it takes effort uh, i mean think about it this way and this is true right uh, this process can take between 3 days for some banks who do it fast to up to 2 weeks and more wow. depending on the area that a bank operates in and sometimes if there's a mistake in that paperwork that process has to be repeated again so think about it this way right like if you had such a between you nigam and the bank and the end goal of we want to enter into this commercial transaction right this is the business we want to do together there is this entire logistical process and this logistical process actually is document execution so i'll just close that thought that so it's 
This tells us that if you want to solve for an analog system to a digital system, you don't need to simply solve for the signature. You need to solve for the entire logistical process. The entire logistics of the document need to be solved for in a digital way for you to actually move from an analog system to a digital system, right? Because even your PDF reader, every PDF reader has an e-sign capability or a signature capability. Yet that PDF reader is not making banks go digital, right? Because ultimately it's that logistical workflow that is that execute the process of document execution as a whole that needs to be solved for to move from an analog or physical to a digital process. And I think this process itself, right, where we analyze it, also answers the why of why should we move from paper. Because ultimately, it takes so much time. Like imagine you have a process that right. takes you 14 days. Yeah. Technically, I could say that a meeting of minds between me and the bank happens at the time that we agree those terms. And everything, every delay beyond that meeting of minds is a delay that's caused by our reliance on these logistical processes for execution of that agreement. And the entire, just the banking industry deals with lack of documents in a week. Now, extrapolate that through the, through the whole economy. Think about the time loss and just the inconvenience and manners expended in simply ensuring that a meeting of minds is anchored in the legal reality. Like, it's just an incredible waste. Like, if you could offer business today and go and tell them that, like, look, you have a process within you that is taking you 15 days when it could take a few minutes. What should we do about it? An organization will immediately snap and say, what is this inefficiency? We need to get rid of this process right away. But the fact is with paper, because we've done it for centuries, people just tend to take it for granted. They don't see the damage it's actually doing to how fast their business can move or the damage it's actually doing to their business flows. And by like you know, by necessary like, implication, it's also then doing damage to the economy because you're just slowing down business activity or slowing down commercial transactions, right? We talk about ease of doing business. We talk about what should regulations do, but you can also analyze how businesses actually do business and see where changes can be made there. And I see paperless being situated there. It just simply makes business much, much easier and better for all parties involved. Right. So I think that's, I think that's quite interesting. And I think that leads to really like two questions. The first of which is then our business is not thinking this way, which is that our businesses not really when they, when they try to transition away from analog processes, are they too narrow and myopic in terms of simply looking at the question of digital signatures without looking at the broader execution process? And what flows from that is, do you think there are perhaps, um, let's say some cultural reasons why that larger document execution process continues being uh, in this sort of physical form. Right. Two very interesting questions and uh, two questions we can really unpack in depth. Um, the first question briefly, it's a mix. Businesses sometimes are thinking in this way. At the same time, some businesses aren't thinking in this way. The challenge, of course, is that there is a huge inertia from old processes. And to break out of this inertia requires buy-in from various stakeholders within a business or within a company and largely from the system itself. Now, I think on a systemic level, that has solved for because, the, because Indian law really does facilitate it and Indian law really does provide for it. Like Indian law actually has quite far-sighted provisions on digital document execution, right? Like not many people know this, right. but section 10A of the IT Act actually allows 
just basically recognizes that the contract act allows for any mode of execution. So you don't necessarily, for example, need an electronic signature to actually enter into a contract. You simply need an electronic mode of authentication. That's just an example, right? So the law does provide it. Now, why businesses aren't thinking in this way is, I would say there's, so we talked about the entire logistical process, right? right. Before, how many touch points, that process involves so many touch points. And that process exists for so many reasons, right? Like beyond just that logistical process, there are various processes that have attached themselves to that physical process over the years, right? Like things like collecting a digital rubber stamp from a rubber stamp from a business signatory or collecting other documents like a KYC document, like, okay, collect that PAN card when they're signing. Like Nigam, the bank comes right. to you and says, you give a Xerox of your PAN card also along with the document you're signing, right? Right. There are all these other processes, so it's just a multi-headed beast, this logistical process. And things have been over the years added to it. And these things are often there for a very good reason, right? There's a legal reason for it. There's a compliance reason for it. Um, some processes may be there from a security perspective that uh, this is just to ensure that there is, uh, like, this document reaches safely, mm -hmm. right? Uh, so businesses find it daunting to think in this way because there are actually so many things to solve for often daunting businesses love it if you can give them spoon feed to them a simple solution that can actually solve all of this with a magic like flick of the wand right um so so that i would say is the thing holding like you could say holding back the pace of going paperless but at the same time it is definitely changing like businesses especially in the bfsi sector actually are seeing the value of digital documentation and are gradually shifting to a paperless world. Right. Now, the question we can have is, is this going fast enough or not? That is, of course, a debate that we can have. And that, of course, depends on how well are their logistical needs being met? Uh, how well can solutions solve for a business's entire right. logistical document execution flow? We increasingly see businesses digitizing everything except that agent layer. Right. right? So where the agent actually goes to the ground, and this is very common in non-white collar environments uh, where right they, uh, for example something in governance where common seva kendras uh, are the way in which most people interact with e-governance services that are provided technologically they go to some oh, not just in seva kendras but like that that's a good analogy right. that's a good comparison but even banks and financial institutions do it uh, they either take an agent on the ground with a tablet um, or that person they have local branches where people can walk which people can walk into right so the Execution is still happening digitally. So the other logistical layers are being solved for digitally and being made easier digitally. But the that physical interaction is still happening at some level. So it's still solving for 95% of that uh, you know, friction in the old process, but they're still leaving that 5%. Right. And I think that's completely natural. And I think that's welcome, actually, because there should be as many avenues to access a digital process as possible. Um, you shouldn't right. expect someone to have a smartphone. So I think what like that dovetails well with the next question I have and a question that's perhaps even more amplified in the context of the other two paper monsters, that is the government executive and the judiciary. And this question basically is that when we talk about this narrative of going paperless, this is certainly something that's gaining traction. And, you know, uh, over this conversation, we've seen even you're an advocate for it. But there is a real risk when we design these systems or when we take our execution processes digital which is that we might leave people behind uh, who are not as quick to adjust to these systems, who perhaps lack the digital literacy to confidently enter these transactions or who 
perhaps simply do not have access to smartphones or the internet which enables them to enter into that interaction so do you think when you look at a context like this do you think how do you position the goal of a paperless society do you think it's a good thing to aim for or do you think there is a necessary caveat that the larger narrative misses out when it talks about digital processes that's a great question and very relevant for an indian context especially where you there's often pushes to just go digital at the cost of everything else i think it's important to remember right and i think maybe we've also been guilty of it in our discussion so far is we've been focused on the business benefits we've been focused on how does going paperless benefit a business from a logistical standpoint how does it benefit a business from a compliance standpoint how does it benefit a business from a speed standpoint right but yes to go to paperless society it's very important to analyze whether going paperless actually benefits the end customer or not and then the question there is if it does benefit the end customer how can we ensure that the digital process to deliver those benefits are done in a way that doesn't exclude access uh, that doesn't alienate and doesn't you know make them prone to digital fraud so to speak so so that's the like a two part way to actually look at it one is what are the benefit like does paperless actually benefit the customer whether they're a white collar worker blue collar worker whether they're anyone in society right and i would say the answer to that is an unqualified yes right because let's look at the logistical framework we talked about earlier so for you nigam when you got that bank paperwork sure for you maybe it was a few minutes inconvenience signing it but that was not the only inconvenience you suffered right right um, the fact is your meeting of minds with the bank for that loan happened a week earlier maybe and the fact is that you won't get that loan now till the bank actually processes your paperwork a few days later so that time is valuable time you've lost like to the valuable time that you yourself as a customer have have lost right and i'll tell you an interesting anecdote from one of our microfinance uh, clients right where they told us that the real benefit of the time savings we get is not to us i mean we do get a benefit as a company but the main benefit is actually to my customer where uh, they are usually daily wage laborers so any time they spend not working is money lost right so for them to coordinate a whole day for execution to happen right is time lost for them okay and they are in a context of a joint liability group loan where it requires 10 people to sign so that agent in a physical process actually has to get 10 different people to come together in one place and sign it uh, whereas now with a digital process they are able to basically go house to house or you know get them in a one area and rather than spending one hour taking them through the documentation they literally can see that on the tablet they can instead of signing on all pages they simply sign it instantly like a one minute job right and then they go back to work or go back to where they are uh, um, and often that one person in the family has a smartphone and is able to use that phone so they can you know get that done remotely as well through them so so there are when you save time through a paperless system the benefit is often with the customer as well because time is important not just from a business perspective but also from a customer perspective uh, because that loan does mean something something to them that business relationship does mean something to that small business owner right that business owner relationship he's getting into with another organization so so the benefit of time definitely accrues to the customer as well and if you were to give customers an opportunity to save that much time with a digital process they would definitely take it now the challenge is how do you make that process accessible and ensure it doesn't exclude access so that's a i would say a tactical issue and a question of modalities that how do we build systems that don't exclude access right like for example in a microfinance as a specific use case where uh, uh 
they need to all like the entire family needs to be able to sign on one phone right so we had to actually build a feature where multiple signers can be recognized through a common phone number to ensure right. that all of them can you know kind of sign that document using that one family smartphone right so i would say that those these issues of access are actually issues of modalities and technicalities that you definitely need to be cognizant of and that you definitely need to actively solve for but i would say they are not intrinsic to the digital process right so perhaps when uh, you say simply, modality perhaps when you say modality we mean things like uh, like you said have a digital only process but have an agent at the end to interact with the end user or to have service kendras where services offered by the government technologically can be accessed by someone uh, with the help of an operator who intermediates that relationship for them are those the kind of sort exactly. of tactical modalities you're talking about of course that can also be basically whatever gets the job done right like how can you ensure access and there could be 100 different ideas for this but yes it's definitely important to think about access issues and think about how you can safeguard against them example you use is great right where the agent actually goes down and meets the customer on the ground or where uh, the customer has opportunity to walk into a branch um, and actually avail of the digital execution at the branch itself right okay. uh, another example is allowing a family to sign a group loan on one phone right so so it's there are various things you can do and i don't have all the answers to it okay. definitely i probably don't i like right but it's those are things that you need to solve so i think it's useful to definitely think about those questions and you, it's vital actually to think about those questions then when going paperless but i don't think it can be an argument against going paperless in the first place because i think the end benefits to going paperless do accrue to the customer as well and in many cases they occur mainly to the customer so yeah so when you say it can't be an argument against going paperless uh, would it be fair to characterize that as an argument for going paper light instead is that the thing that we should be aiming for because of the necessary caveat of access when it comes to thinking about paperless Ah, uh, let me just put it this way. I'll ask you a question I asked earlier, right? Like, if a business process is taking two weeks, simply after two weeks after the meeting of minds is done to actually get the two parties to a desired end goal, should you not compress that two weeks? Like, why right. go paper light when you can go paperless? So I would say no. You should still eliminate paper completely because paper actually causes this friction and bottlenecks. But you should definitely solve for access issues and you definitely need to do deep thinking any person who claims that you know they are digitally transforming to a paperless system needs to do thinking on how that system will impact the end user which is not just the customer but also their own you know members of their team and how they actually operate those paperless systems and i'll give you an example right to an analogous industry that i think has great relevance to this discussion Uh, the payments industry you see the ubiquity of digital payments in india today right um, i think it's very hard to make the argument that digital payments in india today are inaccessible that people right. can't access it now i don't agree with saying that you should force people to always you know go digital with payments that you should allow, of course allow the cash option but that's of course unique to the payment industry like i do believe that choice should definitely be given but the fact is when people have an accessible way to opt for digital payments they do tend to prefer it and the areas where they are not they prefer cash is areas where the trust issues haven't been kind of solved for where the trust issues haven't been overcome in their heads where there's not been good communication in helping them overcome it there's not been good technology to help overcome 
gaps in the system right. and where there's not been like actual access issues of access thought about right? like bandwidth issues in rural india internet bandwidth and things like that right so uh, payments industry is a great example right because payments before digital payments i mean a uh, few decades back maybe were you have to pay by check you have to pay by cash and that check would go through clearing and uh, there would be days before that check is cleared or two days before that check is cleared uh, you know there's a whole time lag for that payment process uh, today that same process of clearing still happens through say a upi like the upi system is right. actually does do that clearing in the back end but it's a tech driven process that makes it happen instantly and that has resulted in immense benefit to the end customer um, right so so what i hear then is that uh, the goal should continue to be paperless but we need to think about access both in terms of designing the technology in terms of implementation in terms of the actual uh, logistical processes that underlie uh, the activity we're thinking of uh, correct one thing you definitely cannot do i think is i don't think you can coerce people to going paperless and i don't right. think you should coerce people to going paperless you should design the systems in such a way that people will voluntarily want to go paperless where customers are demanding that their banks or their service providers allow them to digitally sign things right right, right. so you need to shape incentives should, for that to happen organically as opposed to sort of coercing people into those choices you need to and i think to the credit the law does allow for those incentives to exist um and it's of course something we are trying to do and it's something uh generally people are trying to do uh so so i think we are at a very nascent stage of that process but yes it's definitely something that i mean there's an attempt made to like move towards that paperless system but of course there's a lot of issues on the way that we need to reconcile and think about while moving to this so called paperless utopia that you see uh going forward right i think i think that's a very good note to end this conversation on patel i think that's a very that really wraps up uh the breadth of discussion that i think we've had in the last uh, few minutes so it's been great having you uh, here it's been great talking to you about this um i'm happy we were able to do this podcast uh, and yeah i i wish you the best 